Hi folks, and welcome to another episode of Conscious Curiosity. I'm excited about this particular episode, and I know you probably hear me say that for every episode. Um, it's true. It's true. I love the conversations I have with my guests. I love my guests, and this is no exception. My guest in this episode is Dave Puzak, who is a songwriter, an educator, and multi-instrumentalist, and he's a psychotherapist. He shared the stage with and opened for acts such as the Bare Naked Ladies and Great Big Sea, and he's the lead guitarist for the Toronto band Running Red Lights. I'm going to be really interested if you could share comments about this episode, because Dave and I felt that it has it has a bit of an off-kilter feeling to it because we poke and we prod our way through the exploration of what Dave calls non-discursive ways of being. Now, non-discursive really means not using traditional language to communicate or to be. And we say that communication is an art while language is a technical skill. And so what we're really interested in in this episode is how do we explore through communication, whether communication is verbal or nonverbal, but in this particular case, we're talking about music. Um, and how do we look at music and include body sensations in our moment to moment experience in the world as we connect with another person or we just connect with the world? We'll also look at the discomfort of silence because silence is also a component of music. And so finally, in our conversation, we you look at music as a bridge to bring people closer together, even in war zones, that music can be that leveling communication that helps people see the humanity of each other. And so with that, I introduce you to Dave Puzak, and please enjoy this episode and comment and let me know how it goes, how it doesn't go for you, and um, sit back and enjoy. Thanks so much. Hi, Dave. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Conscious Curiosity. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, thank you. It's always, it's always nice to, to share words with you. It is. It is. So we've known each other for a few years. And um, the reason I was excited about you coming onto the show is because of your intersection between being a psychotherapist and being a stage musician and a, and a composer and, you know, that you have like a deep, uh, like a, you're deep into music as well as deep into therapy. And maybe if I can just frame it for a minute, with the with a story about an old musician, Buddy Bolden, okay, who he was one of the first kings of jazz. He's he's credited with being one of the first guys who invented jazz, created jazz, and he played the cornet. And he spent the last twenty five years of his life in a Louisiana state asylum. Participated in a music therapy group, and through that group, he was invited to perform publicly in nineteen oh seven with an all white men and women music group. And it was revolutionary at the time to mix mm -hmm. black and white, right? Um, but what it really showed was that music can transcend big boundaries and big problems. And right. um, so that's sort of the framework of what I was hoping mm -hmm. we'd start 
putting some pieces together in today is like what the role of music and rhythm and you know everything that music holds can how it can support um, personal growth right yeah that's that's certainly a, an interesting story and i think that the power of music does come down to the fact that it's non-discursive so it's not based on our our language and in 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 the lang in language we don't often we're not aware of like the rhythm but when we when we're given a drum or and, and told not to speak we're given an instrument right then we we almost are locked in to this 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 other realm of relationality uh-huh so would you say that music then is its own language or is it just not in the category of language I think I think all the definitions of of language are there, but there's there's there is a grammar to mm -hmm. at least writ, to written music. There's like a syntax. There there's there's you know the features of like semantic. So the tone, the timbre of an actual voice or instrument is the quality of a word. Like so, I think that music does have all the all the properties to be considered a language. Mm -hmm. you know, so, likely a proto language so it, it likely yeah uh, it was like the first language mm -hmm. so yeah huh. like you said i think rhythm is very primal yeah i think rhythm is very primal too it's when i listen when i listen to music i have a hard time hearing the lyrics all right but, yeah. yeah but i hear the but i hear the rhythm and it and it's the rhythm that usually moves right. me to a new right. place Right. Yeah. 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 So are you what so you play well you probably play a lot of instruments, right? But yeah. I know I, you play guitar. Are, are you yeah. are you bass or lead? So primarily you know, in the, the outfit that I've been playing in for the last you know, fifteen years, I've been playing guitar. Uh-huh. Uh and but you know, I play I started on piano like most people. Right. And you know, Again, like most people, the piano wasn't cool once you get to high school, yeah. <laughs> and it's hard to lug. It's hard to lug around. It is hard, yeah. <laughs> and and yeah, so guitars, I would say, you know, if there was a definition of primary instrument, then I spend most of yeah. my time on that. I, you know, I I, I like the um, the idea though of, of of rhythm, like the way that you were, you know, characterizing it earlier. And I just feel, I feel like I just threw us off course there. No, no, like we're you were just going, going. You were going, you were trying to go somewhere else. <laughs> no, not at all. I'm going wherever we go. I'm, and I'm it's tugging like, us back. No, it's the rhythm. <laughs> it's just the rhythm yeah. of our conversation. <laughs> right. Which is another type of rhythm, right? Exactly. Like the rhythm of our communication yeah. back and forth. Yeah. Is, is its own music. Right. Yeah. So I know as a therapist, for example, when there's a lot of silence, right. you know, the, my clients tend to get nervous mm -hmm. and they, they want to end the silence quickly. Right. Usually they want me to end it. Right. right? But, but they right. just want the silence to be over. Yeah. You know, you know, I feel like I've been on both ends of, of that, but the silence is, is, you know, deafening as they say, you know, 
silence is deafening yeah to fill the space yeah like what there must be something wrong i think in an emotional sense when you're when you're when when you're at a rest in music you i think you become too aware you don't know what to do Mm -hmm. right and it's but like with the resting it gives you a chance to do something right right yeah like the pregnant pause right sort of right yeah which which births which can birth into something beautiful right like the fertile void the f- gestalt right yeah yeah it's scary yeah it's scary yeah yeah i had a i had a buddhist meditation teacher once suggest that instead of following the breath the in breath and the out breath as the focus of attention mm-hmm. to actually switch and focus on the space the silence between the in breath and the out breath so as the outbreath finishes, just before you start an in-breath, that little moment as you switch over is where to focus. Wow. And then you do the in-breath and then focus on the top before the outbreath starts. Wow. I've never thought about breathing spatially like that. Yeah. It's like a spatial visual imagery when you like describe that process. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I actually hadn't thought of that either. I, <laughs> I like I think of it as temporal rather than spatial, but but you're right. There's a right. spatial component to it. Yeah. Even as you, as you were like as you ahead. were like you were looking up, you know, as you were, you know, thinking about that. Like you were pausing yeah. and looking. Yeah. Well, and I also felt a change between right. in and out in the space. Like I could feel right. my chest doing something different and my you know sort of the corners of my lips lifting a little in smile right at at different times so yeah yeah it is nice to link that sort of that rhythm of communication or rhythm of breath right into into something emotional Mm -hmm. and spatial and temporal and yeah right um i know you used to work at cam age so maybe for some of the audience around the world they wouldn't know what cam h is and like what did you do and like to talk about what you did there oh so cam h is the um it's a it's a specialized uh hospital in toronto i believe it's just the gta mm-hmm. but for for treatment of of mental illness right. um it's an in it has in like it, there's um inpatient words too for um advanced like as they say advanced mental illness so mm-hmm. yeah illnesses not like on the psychotic spectrum right yeah so um i i wasn't actually quite sure what like it wasn't that specific i didn't know I, where i would be placed and my, the first placement was at the um the advanced mental illness ward mm. where um there there's a severe limitation in communication in in the uh patients um like this is a period in their life where they're they're quite vulnerable and um troubled and very symptomatic so i was paired up with with a recreational therapist who worked with them brought them outside you know basketball Mm -hmm. volleyball get the get your body moving right because obviously there's a lot of there's a lot of therapy in that so i was invited to to come up with a a rubric for hand drumming and i actually can't quite remember 
how that actually came to be, but I was thrown into it. Right. And I found myself in a circle with patients that, or, you know, humans that I've never had the, um, I've never been in that field or that group where communication was so, it just felt so different for me. Right. You know, it, you know, we don't go around the circle and say, you know, hi, my name is, is John. And it's very, um, it's a, it's a, it's very hard to verbalize that experience. But with, I think with the, when we started with the drums, I think, you know, the very, the very first thing I thought of was the call, was the call and response. Ah. And it's just, it, 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 you know, there's something, you know, if I, if I clap, like, you know, right. There's imitation. Right. So, you know, you followed me. Yes. Right. 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 I didn't really introduce myself. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, and yeah. I think that we didn't, we don't have to, we didn't have to process like that. It would just, it just was. Yes. And we would do that for, we had an hour allotment, but it usually, it usually went for the hour and sometimes longer. Right. But I thought that's when I really learned, I actually, you know, I've been a musician all my life, but I think I really learned then how powerful like music was and mm. it's it's a non-discursive way to communicate and feel safe and to be held in a group it, it's yeah. um you know that's just one example a call and response um there were you know exercise i came up with numerous exercises that actually you know they're they're lost on me now because i i haven't used them in, in a few years what was it like for you being in a group like that it was it was liberating because I wasn't defined by a story. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't I don't know if I was even introduced. I mean, very, you know, how you know you introduced me at the beginning. Right. Right. You know, it was like here's Dave, we're gonna play drums. Right. <laughs> here's some drums. Yeah. And and even getting the drums and like acquiring them, getting them, putting them in the cart, because they're we had about 20 to 25 sometimes and they were djembe's oh yeah like an african yeah. drum you know yeah. 12 12 inch circumference usually that were donated by a drum shop somewhere in kensington so it was it was beautiful wow beautiful we would, we would repair them for free i think that shop's not open anymore sadly but even acquiring the drums you know everybody pitched in and we carted them to where we were going and it made people feel part of a team right and and there were there was no elitism uh-huh right right so you could shed any thought of ex- expertise because, like that i you know, i uh i've been in drumming cir- like djembe drumming circles before right right it's like there is it's just a circle it's a continuous circle right but there usually is one leader mm-hmm but they don't necessarily feel like a leader because we're all in a circle. Right. Right. And I think I like what you said, you switched earlier. You said, well, you know, I saw these patients and then you were like, no humans. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I like that being in that circle take like brings the humanity back. Right. Yeah. It takes, it takes hierarchy out. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's interesting, I think on that note, when I think of that, there are a few times where, you know, someone would get really excited and want to be more, you know, dominant in the group, Uh huh. lead more, be louder. Right. And that was encouraged. Oh, cool. As an act of self agency. Right, right. You know, someone that's afraid to take the lead with a narrative, because there's a lot of trauma and, and mm-hmm. who, who am I? As soon as you start talking about yourself and that you have to define yourself, right? there's a lot of shame. There's a lot of guilt. There's a lot of pain in that. And there, I mean, the pain comes through and you're being in the group with an instrument, but in a different way again. And I think it's, there's a, that like, it's a, like a holding container. Mm-hmm. It's like a circle. It's interesting how it's a, it's it. The, who made it a circle? But it's a circle, right? Right? Yeah. They they were they became human. They were always human. They were always human. Always human. And then, and probably not only you saw them as human, but maybe right. they, maybe they started to see each other more in that right. light. It's interesting. You said. I think they actually saw. They saw each other in that light they, we you know i think that i remember that because you know when you get when you show up at the ward it's everyone's dispersed and doing mm-hmm. their own thing laying in bed you know doing just doing whatever and you know you, you would come in and we'd all get the drums together and then we were there that it just had that there's that purpose right like for the next hour we're doing this mm-hmm. that's it uh huh. Like so then, but then everybody sees each other because you're in the circle, you're doing something. But then at the end, everyone disperses again and kind of, kind of gets lost in their own world. Yeah. Do you so, think they get lost in their own world? Do you think they take a piece of that circle with them? <clears throat> it's interesting because I, I think that when I left, I got lost in my own world too. You know, I'd uh-huh. go home, walk, uh, walk out the front and go on to TTC and, and just feel um, like diluted in the city. Right. And, right. and it's interesting because I'm, I, I'm, it's hard for me to answer that question because I didn't have a lot of uh, time with this group outside of the drum circle. So uh-huh. I, you know, when I, certainly, I guess when I showed up, I, you know, you'd walked down the halls of the ward and you know people just be laying in bed or just just kind of you know doing whatever i'm not sure what but it was it's interesting how there was this glue invisible glue it's like we're coming to Mm -hmm. the circle now right you're saying that they take that circle with them it's interesting well it makes me think about you know you and i are both therapists right clients come to us for a therapy hour and then go and right. you know how much of that hour do they take with them right like what well is sorry I, to add to it not just how much yeah. do they take with them but how much do i take away as well with me as right. a therapist mm-hmm. and, and i don't mean does it sit heavy with me and i just can't get it out of my mind but taking but the actual structure Take, or like, yeah or taking the rhythm and is there still right. is there still reverberation in my you know, in my body, in my being, mm-hmm. right? That embodied sense of the relationship I just had. 
but there, you know, in the body that was, that manifests as excitement and buzziness <laughs> and a sense of like vitality. That was my sense. And that, well, I, you know, speaking for, I can speak for myself. I walked away with a sense of accomplishment, but I think in the body that manifested as an opening in the mm. center of my chest. Uh-huh. That wasn't is there that wasn't as present before. It's an ease. Um so you know it it um I think there's yeah, it's interesting because that is the, the the affect that you take away with your body is the ther- like it's one of the therapeutic aspects of that. Right. So do you use music in your therapy practice? It, it really, you know, it really depends on the case. Um, and, and it's not, you know, when you're working in a dyadic form, it's, it's much different. Um, it could be you and I clapping together, singing together. Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, even I think working on a composition is also therapeutic for a lot of people. Mm. You know, you write, uh, you write some lyrics and I'll, add some you write some i think that and then people are very surprised with what can emerge uh-huh because if i come up with some a couplet or an image it, it creates a space where you have to you have to fill it i guess it's like it's it's no different from conversation it's just dubbed as as art form right right and so i think uh, uh, maybe a simple answer to your question is but, you know, I, I think I'm slowly learning how to, to use music as a, as a therapeutic modality, but it's not something that's dominant in my practice hmm. as of yet. If it became more dominant, what do you think you would do? Like how, what would your next step be, do you think, to bring more of that into your practice? I think I think I'm still working through what the one on one would be, because mm. I mean, the way I think of it is at what point are we just, you know, jamming and right. sharing energy yeah. with an instrument, with drum or anything. And, and, and when, when does that when does just jamming become therapeutic? Right. Like they're they're kind of linked. Yeah. So I, I think it's easier to to define that in the group process. With group dynamics rather than dyadically mm-hmm. uh you know or <laughs> i think a lot of people are, are shy one-on-one you know really you want to sing for me what right kind of melody would you sing right? right like as i say that to you 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 might feel nervous right? oh absolutely and then right. that becomes part of right. the therapy process right yeah I actually, you just reminded me, I actually had a, I, I actually tasked a client with singing okay. because they right. used to be, because they used to be a singer. Right. And now they aren't. And, um, and you're right. It was like too much to do in the confines of the four walls. And so right. then it had to become homework. Like, can you go yeah. sing in the shower or, you know, go like go sing privately somewhere. Right and just see where that goes right i think my <clears throat> like you're probably aware that like there's a very fine line between you know when you make something a task it becomes something else 
Yeah. And I think that in the group, music can arise spontaneously. Maybe in dyadic work, it's hard, it's more difficult for that mm -hmm. to, to emerge um, in terms of spontaneity. And I think for me, the spontaneity is a big part of that. And it's interesting because and I work with musicians who have stopped being musicians. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And, and, and it's, you know, you have to kind of check with yourself because, you, you know, it's easy to project in those situations. Oh, why would they stop being, who stops being a musician? Uh-huh. That's like saying, oh, I stopped, you know, I stopped being a reader. Right, being, right, you know. right. You know, when you're, you know, I think... I can't speak for everybody in the world, but I think that it's hard to avoid tempo. It's hard to avoid music. It's, it's hard to avoid jogging and walking and breathing. Mm -hmm. Like those are elements of music, but they're not music themselves. But I count the elements of music as part of the, the process, right? So maybe a breathing exercise could be, we could be music does it have to have a melody or an instrument that's interesting yeah. yeah we we talked about this earlier about if you look at a, a score a sheet of, right. of music right. and you look at all the notes is that music or does it or, or are the notes just a component coupled with the spacing between the notes that makes mm -hmm. music right you know, you know, Gestalt theory, not the therapy, but the theory would, would say that there's certain principles or elements involved in something becoming whole. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I can't actually think of the, these, those pr like principles specifically, but, but I guess the, the overall feeling is it, there's, it's not like a, like a page with notes is not living and breathing, but I mean, is that what you meant? Like it's not embodied yet. Um, I think I meant a couple of things. One is it's not embodied. We can go down that path. Right. And the other is that we create in life, we create these artificial separations of things. We like to okay. divide unity into multiple right. pieces. Right. And so we say that's a note and that's the okay. space between a note. Right. But, but really the, they're the one and the same. It is just mm -hmm. music. Right. Just like I'd say, this is my hand and this is my arm, but really right. it's just my body. Right. Like the gestalt right. whole. Like yeah, the whole, right. The part, like greater than, you know, the, that's the, the sum is greater than the, the. the... Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The total, whatever. The, the total is greater than the sum of the so, part. Right. Thank you for, yeah. <laughs> for rescuing me. Uh, it's yeah. That, so, so. The, the you know the the rest is definitely not silent right as we talked or yeah. as we spoke of earlier it's like sometimes louder than the pauses right. the pauses is is there's a sense of there's something there's something in the absence mm -hmm. you know that and that's a buddhist thing yes you know, something the, in the absence the, yeah and something in the tension right as you come close to the absence right like I have a friend who would always say, whenever there'd be silence in a group, she it would get to three seconds of silence. And then she would say, do you know there's a study that shows that people get really uncomfortable after three seconds of silence? 
<laughs> and she just could not wait for the fourth right. second of silence. Yeah. Yeah. The tension, right? Yeah. When people talk and they, they need to fill the space, there's something that there's a discomfort underneath. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, if, if you know, sharing silence with a good friend, what is that? <laughs> it's something we've all experienced, but it's not something we do if we're not familiar with, with right. the context environment or the person. Mm -hmm. uh, there's interesting, you know, and I keep wanting to push down to the embodiment. Uh, okay. But I think that there's a very important point to be made with rests were created like in in the living world and then they were we had to find a way to symbolize them and, and put them on a page to represent silence silence was always there and if you know if if you're singing a piece if you're going to write a piece of music your body is your your the capacity for breath is your limitation and that's the constraint mm that creates the pause. So it's like, in a, I think that the rest and like how it's um, symbolized on the page is inextricably linked with our, our limited capacity or our, or the capacity we have to be able to, like, how long can you sing a note? Right. It, you can right. only sing for so long unless you practice something called circular breathing. That's yes. a whole other thing. But I mean, with the advent of synthesizers or, you know, uh, an instrument that doesn't require human breath, you you have a higher capacity to play notes. You can fit uh -huh. more notes in. Mm -hmm. There's no constraint. Right. It's interesting what you say, because as you just described that and talking about limited capacity based on your lung capacity. And right. I like I, I just found myself going to sadness mm. at the limitation that I have in this world. In this, right. you know, in your example, right. and it just makes me think even more about how powerful the expression of music can be in eliciting or connecting in to feelings. Right. Given that you took me to sadness, like so, right. like so quickly, really. Right. Right. That that to realize, yeah, that's like you know that sense of sinking almost. Like it's like an exhale, you, you, when you exhale, it's like, you know, you could feel as a surrender mm -hmm. and there, there is limitation, but you know, we've like, uh, uh, you know, as humans, we've found ways to transcend those limitations, but have we really transcended that by creating things like synthesizers and we really, we maybe do have to listen to that. Like, when we listen to chant, I think we're naturally tuned in to some, a different sense of mute, like a different sense of who we are than if we're listening to, you know, an electronic music, for example, mm -hmm. there's no, like, there is no rest. It could just go on and on. A machine could play, could play you electronic music that doesn't end. But if, if, if someone's singing for you, they're, they're, they're going to, there is the limitation. You're going to get tired. You're going to get right. fatigued. Right. So it's interesting mm -hmm. that you brought up that emotion because it's definitely, it's definitely there because, you know, a song has to end. 
and there's loss. That's an ending, right? Mm -hmm. Right. That's an ending that, and therefore a loss. Right. Yeah. That then has to be processed. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, what did you want to say about embodiment that I keep dragging you away from? <laughs> I think, I think that just, I've been, you know, just to the stress that I, you know, I've been thinking about a lot of things in terms of the, the body rather than, you know, like the, the body is our discursive vessel, our, our tool. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, in, in Gestaltists call it the, the ground. Right. So something the that, ground as in contrast to f figure. Figure. Yeah. Awareness in contrast to unaware. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> I think the, the, the large, the, the, the kind of dominant concept of conscious unconscious has been what you're not aware of. And I think that the body, you know, you know, thinking about the body lang your body language, what you approach and what you detract from is like your, it's like your body speaking, what your, your unconscious desires are. So it's not, <laughs> it's, yeah, I think that I, you know, you, you threw me in the pool here of, of, um, of, of thinking about how to kind of bring this into what we've been discussing. Oh, did I? Did I? Like I threw you in the deep end? Well, so you just, so you just introduced the idea of figure and ground. Right. And I want to understand that from an embodied point of view, because I understand it intellectually and from a musical, mm -hmm. like from a music point of view right. is that the notes are the things I hear. Right that would be figure. And then mm -hmm, the space mm -hmm. between the notes for me very often is the ground, right? right. But the ground, the ground is required to support the figure. Mm -hmm. You can't right. just have notes. No. Right. And I think in an embodied way, there's also like you were talking right. about breath and, and lung capacity. Mm -hmm. Right. And then for me, sadness came up. Right. And so it could be that there's an embodied expression of sadness coupled with my lungs. Right. And one of those, and I'm not sure which, one might have been figure and one might have been ground. Right. Right. Something then, came up, something emerged. Something emerged. So really the sadness became figural. Right. Right. And then the lung capacity switched, like dropped into the ground. Right. Yeah. And then you as a therapist. Right would then have a choice point, right? Mm -hmm. Do you, right. do you work with the figure or do you work with the ground? I think the interesting thing here is, you know, again, you're rescuing me um. from my own <laughs> examples, but like what actually arose between us is, is that's a great example. Like it wasn't through the words really that it wasn't a repressed thought or a, it wasn't, it didn't have men, it, you know, maybe the best way to put this, it didn't have mental content. Mm -hmm. wasn't it wasn't a, it wasn't it wasn't like autobiographical or semantic memory as as you would say right it was an, right. It was an embodied memory i think embodied memories are, are quite different the, they're processed differently and i think there's they're more there's there's a more uh there is something more primal 
about of something that comes up for you that your body brings it up your body brought it up it wasn't i could have asked you was there is there an associated memory but what right. what would that that would have been the choice point of right but the choice point here when we're working with the embodiment like embodiment as the unconscious the body actually as the unconscious not something you know buried as a memory right like the body brings in the corp like the corporeal sense like i bring my anywhere i bring my brain i bring my body but we don't often think about the body as the unconscious or as the ground i mean we right and maybe in gestalt we do right and i think that's the novelty of gestalt right, right? is that right. we break the hierarchy of saying the brain is at the top of the top of the tree right and everything right. drops down from there right and we just say it's all one and the same right as gestaltists we say it's one and the same right right and some scientists say that too right like they talk right. about the gut being the second right. brain they call it the second brain which is already moving towards honoring the um the information and the or the pro the life process of the body right. as much as the process of the brain mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know just to go back to that i think it's you know quite a interesting example of i think that the we were engaged in in this bodily rhythm and i was talking about you know ca limited capacity like mm -hmm. you're like you know the body is flawed we're uh -huh. often in denial of, of that. Are you, are you wanting to take me back to sadness? <laughs> no, uh, but that, but but to almost thank your body that something emerged, but that you were able to to see that as a that might have been that could the body itself it was a memory, right? It doesn't have to be uh, linked to something, right? Uh, with mental content or a memory. Yeah. And I think it's maybe, maybe that's what, what, what I'm trying to get at is it, I think for a lot of therapists, it's hard to just stop there. I'm like, let's be in that and not take the, you know, take, you know, as you said, the choice point, let's try to link it to a memory, which can be useful. But sorry, but you're just saying let's not, or you're saying let's dwell there. Let's hold, let's hold that embodied space. Yeah. Let's hold that embodied space. Right. And, and I guess will, you know, I guess, I guess there's in the temporal sense, will something shift or will something not shift? But, you know, we, we didn't get to really be in that moment to see what, what happened. Like the, like, cause I don't know if, is is this a stuck cycle or is this, a, this cycle did complete somehow? Right. For you, this is like yes. like mourning this loss, this sadness. I watched the sadness arise. I watched it fall. Right. Um, whether that that particular cycle is complete, but whether right. that was enough that that sadness wouldn't come up again in that same way is I I I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that that's like that's like a wonderful case in point. You know that just happened and we you know just 
spontaneously happened like most things do mm -hmm. um you know we're trying to give you know it's interesting there's a lot of contradiction in this talk or the, you know that we're having because we're trying to talk about how non-discursive ways of being how how that's supposed to be and right uh, and it feels and i feel like a stutter yeah. you know i feel yeah. like um right. you know a bit of a struggle to figure it like right it is a new language that you're introducing yeah. in this right. in this episode right and it's like i th i think i speak the language but i'm not really sure if i do and right. i believe my body speaks that language right but am i willing to put my brain aside for a moment and let my right. body have its you know right. have have the spotlight and do what it do what it knows what right. to do, do what it knows mm -hmm. anyway if if we were engaging in, in like a musical mm -hmm. thing it would be different right we both had drums. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where's, which, yeah. which I actually, I don't have access to, you know, oddly um, enough. <laughs> and I think mine's upstairs. Yeah. I think the point is, is that, you know, there is, there is a difference between like the instrument and we, we, you know, we are instruments, right? But there's a, you know, but there's, there's a context. And when you give someone a drum, there's, there's a whole, there's, you know, there's, that's imbued with so much contextual weight. It's like something you can hit. Mm -hmm. like, let's explore what it feels like to hit something. Uh huh. That's right. Almost, that's a whole right. session there. Yeah. The You're animal right. is if it's an animal skin. You know, yes. This was once part of a living thing, and now right. it's sounding for us. I think that's beautiful that we yeah. like we're talking about notes and spaces between notes, but really you're introducing. But what about the relationship between me and the instrument? Yeah. And, and not just symbolically, right. but that was an animal skin. Right. So now what's the relationship between me and animals and my whole environment? Right. And, right. and that becomes part of the music. It does. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to, to, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's supposed to be difficult to talk about that, those things difficult in the sense that it, 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 it keeps slipping through your hands because it's supposed mm -hmm. to, right? Uh-huh. It's supposed to slip through your hands because, you know, music is an escape from, from narrative, but there's a whole lot of that right now um, in our world. A whole lot of narrative narrative yeah yes many yeah. narratives in many directions mm. and, and it's quite chaotic right so it's interesting because someone just asked me yesterday we were talking about conflicts around the world right and how how you bring two nations or two peoples mm. together when they're in conflict right and i was talking about this book three cups of tea okay i don't know if you, i don't know if you know the book but yeah, yeah, I do. But, yeah. so that notion that a visitor comes into your village and you give them the first cup because they're a guest, the second cup because they're a friend and the third cup, yeah. their family. Right. right? And, and, and so it was like communication and sharing. Right. But you actually just introduced the possibility of music being the bridge. Mm -hmm. Like you could go to any conflict in the world and just right. bring the musicians from the two conflict groups together mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as a way of breaking down some of that wall and and looking for the similarities right. and differences. Oh yeah. 
Are you are, are you familiar with the film uh, A Band's Visit? Uh, I know of it. I haven't seen yeah. it. Yeah, beautiful. You know, that's a whole other discussion. But that that's one way that music brings people together in a very painful rift. So yeah, and it's very you know, and it's I know there's a lot going on right now in the world. Mm -hmm. like you say I can, you know, I can, you know, as we say it, I can, you know, feel the heaviness. Right. And sometimes words, words can, you know, as they, you know, the vent session, as they say, you know, helps dispel energy. Mm -hmm. But I think music does it in a full way. You, you know, dance, you know, dance. You know, that's another that's one that's one other thing is that music therapy doesn't have to always be active you know it could be hey 10 of you you know why don't you want you move do a dance to these 10 people doing a drum ah thing. right right and it is there is there's very there is a lot of team building in that like right uh, the team building through not having to discuss or not having to have a narrative very very powerful way to bring people together for a common cause that's quite simple right and switches language so you don't get tripped yeah. up with language right. right absolutely it makes me think dave mm -hmm. that because it's its own language right. it can afford or present an opportunity for bridging between two people, like bridging a connection between two people in a way right. that sometimes language cannot. Mm. And so coming back to, you know, music and therapy, right. it, it could be that when there is an impasse between therapist and client and language just doesn't seem to help, that maybe, maybe it's another bridge, you know, another opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But if you can, I maybe convince or inspire confidence in the other that that they do have an inherent ability that they carry with them all the time. Right. You know, it's not, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, automatically think to, you know, Canadian Idol, American Idol, you know, the singing <laughs> shows where, you know, you're, you're judged and you have to compete. Right. You know, th right. those things, I think that those are in our collective conscious consciousness now. Yeah. And, and it's sometimes um, to our detriment and yeah, you, know, you don't I, have to be pro. Right. You don't have to be right. pro for sure. Yes. I recognize that you're not a professional musician, mm -hmm. but can you still speak to me in a rhythmic way? Uh, like speak to me, not, not using your regular language. Right. Right. Can you speak to me through a drum? It's not asking the person to be right. a drummer. Right. It's just asking Which, them to, so, it's asking them to communicate. Right. What you're you're basically saying though, you need it's like you have to unlearn the technology of language. You I have guess to un, so. uninstall that app that's just been right. there, and and then you but then you feel I think that's you know what I'm trying to say is that you inspire confidence that there's something underneath that tool of language that you possess that you've just forgotten about. You need mm -hmm. to unlearn. Right. You know, is 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 the music therapy an unlearning? Because yeah. then once you unlearn, and if you can <laughs> convince the mm -hmm. other that there's purchase in, in meeting you 
in more um, simple ways with rhythm, but it's not complex. You don't right. have to, you know, you don't have to sing like Freddie Mercury. Right. Although I wish I could. <laughs> although, although we wish we could, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So maybe what you said before at the beginning about music or rhythm being, what did you say? Proto linguistic? It's a proto language. So a proto language that maybe, yeah. maybe it's not just proto like the first, but maybe it's pre linguistic. Right. And so, and so I have to strip my English language away right. to get to the pre-linguistic rhythm right. that, mu that music lets me get to. Right. Yeah. It's interesting as we say that, we, you know, there's been a few times, like you said earlier, it feels like sometimes there is this off kilter feeling in, in this talk because right. we're, we're extraddling that border because mm -hmm. we have to talk. Right, because otherwise, otherwise, no one will listen. <laughs> you know, yeah, we'd have to, we'd have to, you know, or you know, we likely wouldn't have to rehearse a performance. But I think that that's a whole other story. Of I think that when you rehearse something, you're you're de you're doing another thing. Mm -hmm. you know? But when you just spontaneously do something, like we're spontaneously being musical together there's like there's a, again this excitement like you right. said and then you right. and then again this concept you introduced earlier of you know taking part of that away from the session or the talk or the connection yeah, yeah. i kind of like that about gestalt like the improv nature the improvisational mm -hmm. nature of gestalt and, right. and the improvisational improvisational nature of some right. music like jazz or right right and and yes, because it's like if I'm sitting at the dinner table and I just rehearse 10 times, could you please pass the salt? Could you please pass the salt? <laughs> right? Until I've perfected it and then I right. say it. Yeah. It's not it's not a very vital life to live. No. <laughs> right. 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 And yeah, interesting. And if I'm saying it, um, and if I've just learned to say it to someone who's sitting across the table who only speaks I know Latvian, right? right? And and I think I've learned Latvian, but mm. you know, then I've I, I've got to deal with you know my embarrassment and right. all my resistance to actually saying speaking. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's more layers with that. Yeah. You're. Yeah. Yeah. Dave, this is really cool. And yes, you're right. We've kind of you know spluttered and stuttered mm -hmm. from time to time because. I think you're right that it is so hard to talk about embodiment. It's hard to talk about music. It's hard to talk about things that don't fit into standard language. Mm -hmm. um, I just wonder, is there anything else that we want to say, we have to say right now? Otherwise, I have three questions for you. All right. No, we're, we're good. Put yeah. And then put me in the hot seat. Okay. Well, hopefully this isn't too hot. <laughs> But it's the I, it's the same three questions I ask every guest. Okay. So all right. Yeah. yeah. So it's just a bit of fun. <laughs> the first question then is, what is your superpower? <laughs> what is my superpower? <laughs> you know, I know we just talked about music for an hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's to 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 find myself in a non-discursive place like to be able to 
travel when I, when, when I used to travel and be able to communicate the best I could without, without words. Wow. Nice. Uh, awesome. That's great. Okay. So. All right. Question two is what, um, what's on your bed? What book are you reading right now? Or what's on your bedside table? Actually, I have it here with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's called, uh, inactive psychiatry. Yeah. It's actually, um, Oh, and inactive, inactive, E N A C T I V E inactive psychiatry. Right. Um, what, are, what is that? Well, it's essentially, um, someone's PhD dissertation, in a, you know, in book form <clears throat> embodiment started. I, with um, Evan Thompson, Varela, uh, in the '90s, and I and it's interesting. Um, I've been reading that book to apply a lot of those studies in, in active, embodied, embedded cognition to to Gestalt, to to be able to ground a lot of that Gestalt theory. Or sorry, I I think Gestalt practice into into a bigger theory on like uh-huh. everything we just talked about today in a way right. like what is that like if, if we want to systematically study these things or research them we need something to kick against hmm. nice and there's a lot this is you know this book goes uh it goes into that so it's just very interesting i, I think it's giving me a lens with a newer lens or fresher perspective on gestalt yeah 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 it's so, amazing yeah. cool thanks okay question three <laughs> yeah comes from this book. Okay. This book has a different question on every page. Okay. So I'm going to flip. Spontaneous. And you're going to say stop. Okay. Stop. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Okay. This, I should just read it out because I didn't, I think I couldn't get it when I read it to myself. Sing it for me. (laughs) Okay. Do you know? Okay. Do you know? that you know far more than you know you know shall i say it again how about we slow how about we slowed the tempo down <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay okay do you do you know that you know mm-hmm. far more mm-hmm. than you know you know i feel like i'm cascading all the multiple selves that i have <laughs> <laughs> you could put each one of those U's into a chair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that's a I don't feel that as a question. But I know you, there's a I know there's a question mark at the end of that. Right. Sentence. Right. But it's not a question for you. No. It it sounds like it sounds like a reassurance. Ah. <laughs> and uh-huh. I, this is just not my way of throwing it back to you. No, it's great. I, I feel like that's a you know, it's a it's almost reassuring. I wonder what makes it reassuring for you. Because for me, that question, I got lost in the words, but then I found the words as um, like the repetition of the word no right. almost became poetic or musical for me. Right. Right. So you saw, you saw the, you know, as we slowed the tempo down, yeah, that's when I could figure it out. Right. But it's, it's very, you know, it's a frog on a series of yeah. lily pads. <laughs> okay that's great yeah that's awesome awesome yeah yeah but thank you dave thank you so much for joining us you're welcome
and we can do this again anytime maybe next time with music awesome all right you know? i'll i'll grab my drum from upstairs <laughs> great all right <laughs> all right thanks so much you're welcome Take care.